everyone and welcome. My name is Hera Björk. I am from Iceland and I am competing with the song Viðförum Herra or Scared of Heights at the Icelandic pre-selection on the 24th of February and hopefully on the 2nd of March. And you are listening to the Building Bridges podcast. Take it away. Take it away. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sebi. I'm Jan. And I'm Dave. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. And today we build a bridge to Iceland. Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, while Sebi was in Finland, Dave and I, we, we had a nice little chat with uh, Hera Björk. Uh, I would say the queen of Eurovision in Iceland. We can easily say that. She was so, so, so nice to talk to. We were talking about her returning to the national selection in Iceland this year. Uh, she's competing with a song, Scared of Heights. This is a lovely, one of the loveliest interview we've ever had. Do you agree, Dave? Yeah, I, I like how you gave the English title of the song because I'm not going to even try and say it in Icelandic because <laughs> it would just be awful. When I, when I found Eurovision almost 10 years ago, I remember going back and looking through the old, like I watched 2014 and 2013 and, and got to 2010 and Je ne sais quoi still today resonates and it's just one of those songs that when I think of Eurovision, it comes to mind and I just love it. And it was, yeah, I kind of, kind of had a little fan fangirl moment meeting her even though it was over the internet obviously it was still amazing to talk to her and, and reminisce about je ne sais quoi and her possibly going to Malmö. and uh, we have to say that whenever you're listening to that you're in a treat of a really really funny episode we were talking about so many things including swallowing different explosions so more about that in the upcoming minutes so here it is Hera Björk yeah who, who would have thought she's so filthy First of all, Hera, welcome to Building Bridges. We are so, so, so happy that you are here with us and that we are able to chat ahead of Icelandic national selection. Hi and welcome. Thank you so much and hi. Thank you for having me. Love, love being here. What brought you back to the Eurovision world this year? I, I suppose it was a song, right? It was the song. As simple as that. I had no intentions of participating in Eurovision this year. I was uh, recently started studying law at the university. I have a job as a real estate agent going great i had all my concerts in, in november and december and i was just like Woo, okay this is a lot and i'm happy and then we just bought a new house me and my family we were moving we were painting you know and then boom the song falls into my lap and I'm just hack. I'm going to Eurovision again <laughs> <laughs> because it's just it took me about 30 seconds to fall in love with the song it had all the elements and so I just looked at my husband and he gave me this face like uh oh you're not gonna be able to say no to this and I'm like I can't that's true so I just said yes with a little bit of cursing in between and a hell yeah 
Let's do this. That's why I'm here to perform the song, to deliver the song, and just to uh, yeah have a conversation again with the Eurovision nation and the rest of the world, if I'm allowed. Well, we're, we're thrilled that you're back. We'll talk a bit later about uh, Oslo, but uh, I found Eurovision when Conchita won, and oh. but, uh, that changed my life, and I started going back and, uh, and found your song, and it's been on my playlist ever since. We'll talk about that later, but can you tell us a bit about your, your song for this year, for those of us whose Icelandic is maybe a bit rusty, so what's the song? Yeah, about? but I mean, it, it's just, uh, it's written by Austis and a, and a group of co-writers that are amazing and famous and geniuses. And uh, so it's a really strong team behind the song. It's current, old style, pop, dance, happy, bubble. All the cliches are in there that I love. And it's just a joy. And the, the lyrics, uh, both in Icelandic and English, is the core of the message is don't be controlled by fear. Keep on going, love again, follow your dreams again, go higher, go further, you know, just wake up every day and do your thing a little bit. And even though you have gone through heartbreaks or some traumas, don't stop believing and hoping and, and loving. And that's what I learned from the Eurovision world is that love is is just enormous and it's just a source it's a never-ending source you know uh, it's you can always I mean we get I don't know many how songs new songs each year and we love them all over again you know and we never know where they're coming from from what country with with what uh, performer and in what dress or no dress or little dress <laughs> <laughs> So it's uh, it's a little bit like that. It's just like keep on going and mm -hmm. just don't let anyone take your wings off. Just grow them back and go right at it again. You'll sing in Icelandic in the semi-final, but you will probably perform the song in English as well, right? I, if I if I go uh, you know on to the final, I at this point I think I will sing the song in English uh, because that's what I want to do if I get the ticket to Malmo because I believe that's gonna get it's gonna be easier for the message to get across if it's in English and people understand. Otherwise, there's going to go a lot of time into explaining in all the interviews what is the lyrics about. I can sing it for everyone in Icelandic or English. I don't care. The song is strong in both languages. Well, we hope we hope we get to hear it in English in Malmö. Uh, but, but before that, we are, I don't know if worried is the right word, but we know that uh, the, the songwriters in Iceland have been very vocal about what's going on in the world right now. Um, yeah. Is that something that's playing on, on your mind or is that something that if you win you'll you'll kind of you'll push push after and, and just focus on the on the semi-finals for now well i mean i understand everyone's concerns i really do it's a horrific thing that's going on in the world both in like in israel and palestine but also in other places i believe that the eurovision stage is a fantastic platform for a conversation for a place like we need to take two steps back and we need to stop fighting and stop 
calling names, stop using the ugly words, stop using the finger, pointing at people, tearing people down. Because we are all just trying our best uh, wherever we are in the world and whatever problems we have. If I could choose how this would be now, I would recommend to Israel to, to maybe stay home just this once. But it's their choice. I mean, I will have no problems in, in meeting the Israeli contestant and, and giving her a big hug because, I mean, usually backstage in Eurovision, we have Ireland, we have Iceland and we have Israel because of the alphabetic order. But I can understand that people just want to do something, use their voice in, in one way or another. And I respect that. I've had conversations here in Iceland with those who are against participating in Eurovision this year. And I we, we are just, we agree to disagree in a way. But in the big picture, we are all aiming for the same results. My voice is my, I'm not going to use the word weapon, it's my tool. I do communicate. Yeah, I mean, I was given this voice to let it be heard. And I have the ears of many like Eurovision fans, which is fantastic. So, of course, I just want to go there and have a conversation again with everyone. And we need to stop fighting. And the Eurovision nation needs to stop this. I mean, the comments are just like out of this world sometimes. They're so bitter, so rude, so inappropriate. And I just want to go hug these people because like I say, talking badly about people, talking people down, like pointing at them and screaming uh, ugly words has never saved lives. So I will go, I will go. But it's not up to me actually, because uh, of course, Ruf has been trying to work with us, the, the songwriters and, and us, the, the participants, to somehow get our arms around this. Like we understand, we all agree this situation is not acceptable. And I think everyone agrees. And give so. the music like you and always are. <laughs> the song, the song, the song needs to be heard. The song needs to be, you know, it needs to, have its moment so I hope that it will so I'm ready I'm ready it's going to be difficult it's going to be different but difficult and different is usually the way to newer and nicer things and still very much you right <laughs> yeah I mean Hera what are kind of plans for after the national selection do you, you haven't released an album since like what 2013 I mean, is there I, an album in the making maybe a tour it's, it's been it's Christmas albums and Christmas uh, like singles um, that I've been making so that's that's what I I mean that's my forte it's Eurovision and Christmas <laughs> so queen of Christmas so maybe you should bring a, you know a Christmas song to yeah, national selection I, I, I've actually May. been thinking of, of of taking the Icelandic Christmas songs and turning them into a Eurovision uh, kind of song oh, that sounds like heaven <laughs> or taking Icelandic Eurovision songs that didn't you know uh, uh, get the chance to go all the way and turn them into English Christmas songs <laughs> wow, I, I would love that no but I mean I I, of course, if if I get to go to Malmö, of course we will do something. But at the moment, we're just taking one day at a time. We we had uh, we have a volcanic eruption again. I it started at that. six o'clock this morning. So we have uh, problems of our own here. Uh, the whole peninsula of Reykjanes has been out of uh, has been disconnected from the hot water line now oh, for wow. a few hours. So uh, we're struggling a little bit with that. Uh, you know, thousands of people there are that live there and don't have hot water, and it's freezing out. It's minus eight to ten degrees. So day one day at a time, and yeah. I'm just gonna focus on delivering the song on the 24th. You know, looking fabulous, uh, 
dancing my ass off, singing my ass off. And just, yeah, if I get to go to Malmö, the next chapter begins. And luckily, I know what that means. So, yes, then probably you'll have some songs, extra songs. Now, Jan was telling me, because again, I'm, like I said, I, I found Eurovision a bit late. And maybe it's because I, I speak French. I don't know. But he told me to ask you, there's a story about yeah. Je ne sais quoi and some misheard lyrics. And I have... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you tell me what that's about? Yeah. It's a really good one, Dave. You should really it's a pay good attention one. to that. I, yeah. I do agree. It was too good for me to keep, you know, to myself. So I, so I knew that I would be opening the Pandora box when I, when I <laughs> told you about that. It's uh, the story goes like this: my ex uh, sister-in-law and my brother, her husband at that time, yeah. my brother. <laughs> They were with me in Oslo, or at least, you know, they were at the at the Eurovision Song Contest there having a blast. They were partying their ass off. So she was singing, she was you know, at all the clubs and all the events, like, I don't know how many times during the day, but like, I, I would say four to 14 times per day. And then probably like five years later, we are at a party and Shinisukwa starts to play and, you know, woo, she goes to the dance floor and comes and pick me up and like, ah, now you dance with me. And I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> Dancing to my own song. That's <laughs> okay. And everyone is looking at me and expecting me to sing the lyrics. And then she's singing it as well. And at one point, and she's singing it perfectly. At one point where, where it goes in the, the chorus goes, And when I see your face, I want to follow my emotions. She sang out loud and proud to me. And when I see your face, I want to swallow your ex. Explosion! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what? What did you just sing, young lady? So uh, she was like, what? What is that? Not the lyrics? I'm like, no, that's not the lyrics. Oh my god! I'm performing for my grandmother for crying out loud. <laughs> So, but that's a good one. Okay. Every time since I sneak in, you know, in one of the choruses, I sneak this sentence in and I can see in the audience who like is listening and who knows this line. There's always like <laughs> faces going. I remember seeing you perform in, in 2019 when you traveled and you performed in Euro Fan Cafe, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. No, no, no. Uh, in Tel Aviv. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you you actually performed like that very misheard version and, and I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> this is something I came here for. I mean for Hera Bjork singing about, you know, yeah. swallowing the, the explosions. I love it. Explosions? When I see your face, it's just like what? It's clearly I'm... about volcanoes because it's Iceland. That's all it is. It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, right. It makes so much sense now. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Je ne sais quoi, there's, uh, you know, so many other songs which were, you know, a part of your Eurovision legacy and we really need to talk about someday. I mean, you oh. tried your luck, you know, in Denmark as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite some time ago. Uh, someday, I 15 think. 15 years ago. But it's it's safe to say that it became, you know, a Eurovision classic now, even though it never made it to Eurovision stage. No. At, at this point, how special is the Eurovision audience for you? I consider you all like my, you're my family. You're my Eurovision family. It's been, it's like with you, I feel safe. I feel heard. I feel recognized. I feel good. I have enjoyed myself dancing and having, you know, 
great time. So to me, Eurovision is the people. And I mean, Eurovision does not have a social security number of its own. It doesn't have problems unless we make it a problem. So Eurovision is the people. Eurovision is the cultures, dif different cultures, all the countries, all the languages that you know, we don't understand, but we're so hard, you know, really trying to understand. So it's just the people is mean everything and only we can destroy this thing. So good to remember that as well. Okay. Now, can I, can I take you back a bit further? I have another historical question. Okay. I won't say the year, but I will it's say- like I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> But I think I think you were 14 when Iceland first appeared at Eurovision. Yes. You I guess you were in school then. So do you do you have any memory of that? Were you were you already singing? Was that a big deal at the time? What do you remember? Oh yeah. I was I was all, I mean I've been singing in my room in my brush since like I don't know 2 3 years old according to my my parents. But when Eurovision Iceland entered Eurovision for the first time this was the biggest deal in Iceland. I mean the IC band was like wow uh, we all tried to uh, like mimic their costumes <laughs> and uh, that was hard because it's, it was so designy you know and we I mean all the songs were it, in, in the memory all the competing songs of 1986 were the best songs I mean, we still play them at parties here and, you know, everyone knows them. And I I remember and, and also the disappointment that we didn't win like the first time. <laughs> we were so sure it was so, you know, amazing our song that we're, you know, but we've kept this and that's the cute part about it. Iceland always like really honestly believes that we will win every year. <laughs> So that was the main reason why you ended up in Eurovision movie in the first place, yeah, you know? Yeah, like they, exactly. They, I mean, it's like we we all be, become a child again because we were watching the, the, the competition without being a part of it for so many years. And then when we are a part of it, we just, we all feel like children again. So we like just innocently believe that this is going to be our year, but we will not be able to afford giving, you know, keeping the, the competition here. Whoops. <laughs> But I actually, EBU has said, if we win, not if, when we win. Exactly. <laughs> they're going to help us. <laughs> you know, and that's a, that's a very nice thing. But like, speaking of performing at Eurovision, um, you performed um, at Eurovision stage four times, which is probably, you know, for a country like Iceland, which is, you know, probably also the scene and let's say the music industry is somehow always involving pretty much, you know, same round of musicians, yeah. I would suppose. Uh, do you um, remember which occasion was the most member memorable for you? Do you have some funny anecdotes from behind the scenes, from what we didn't see on TV and that you um, cherished? I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, uh, my, my, of course, the most special time was when I was standing there front stage myself with Shinisukwa. And uh, but I had. Of course, prior to 2010, I was there with Johanna in Moscow, 2009, where we almost won. Yes, and oh my God. <laughs> that was a fantastic experience on stage. Like then we really, you know, felt the love of the audience and we we, we felt it from day one that something special was about to uh, like reveal itself. But then my first time uh, in Belgrade uh, with the Euroband, 
Of course, the first time is always, you know, in a way, the most special. But then now I have these two, like the first time and then my time. But in Belgrade, it was like my dream was becoming true. And I actually said to my, how do you say, my room buddy, Gudrun, who was uh, a backing singer with me as well. One of Iceland's most fun ladies, she's so funny. And we were laughing a lot and laughing and laughing. And I said to her at one point, I am going to be in, I'm going to be representing Iceland in a red dress, like in two or three years. I don't know why I said that, but she remembers it clearly. It was 2008, so 2010, I was representing Iceland. I believe in the, in the power of words. It's like you manifest, like if you say it out loud, then it, it somehow manifests manifests or it can it, it has a, it has the possible how do you say not the not the possible it's you make it you give it give it your ah, remember whatever yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> but so yeah and some stories i mean oh like two or three hours before I went on stage in Oslo in the final. I broke my tooth. Oh. There was this bowl of candy in my dressing room and I hadn't touched it for the whole two weeks. And then two or three hours before the final, I'm like, oh, you suckers, I'm going to have a taste of one of you. And it's like hard caramels. Oh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm like, and I break like a tooth, like somewhere here. And I'm like, oh my God. It was just like, I, I cannot, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm wailing with my with uh -huh. my teeth uh, towards the camera and then I realized my dentist was in the audience <laughs> no way <laughs> so uh, we called her and I she, because before I went for my she was like Hera my only concern are your teeth it's not like they were falling out or anything but she was like the only thing that I can give you the tool that will help you is this glue I'm like what I can't, well, I'm not gonna need that well you never know just put it in your uh, on your in your luggage oh Okay. And I just put it in my luggage and then I need the fucking glue. <laughs> no. And it's in my hotel room in the center of Oslo. I'm there at the arena. Gudrun, my dentist, already had a few glasses of wine on the bus there, is in the audience. I call the wife of my manager. She was the only person of the group still at the hotel. She went down to the lobby, forced them to let me, let her into my room, found the damn glue, brought it to the arena. So we met like at the security post in the back and she was like gluing the tooth into my mouth in front of all the security guys oh my God, <laughs> i mean this is it one was, to remember isn't it yeah and then i was just like okay let's go to the stage and, and then i needed to take the image out of my head that okay i'm singing the high note here and all of a sudden i'm choking on my tooth oh my goodness oh <laughs> i mean yeah, this is the little difficulties <laughs> <laughs> so let's just hope that in, in like if you go to malmö that you you don't fight with a similar scenario just before you go on stage. I, I am not touching any more Scandinavian candy. Ever! <laughs> <laughs> Except the thinnest chocolate. Yes. And that's yes. soft. <laughs> but there are a lot of stories that I can't tell you. <laughs> Maybe on the red on, well, on the turquoise carpet in, in my... Yeah, exactly, exactly. After a few... Oh. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. So we're, we're running low on time, Hera. So I uh, want to thank you again. But what um, what message would you have to your fans? Our podcast is, is very international. So I guess to so all the people outside of Iceland, what would you have to tell them? I'm just I'm just gonna I want to tell you because I've been I've been practicing this myself for a few years now. 
now. It's like, if you don't have anything nice to say, zip it. That's a little bit like, we need to cure the Eurovision bubble or what to call it, the Eurovision nation. We need to stop being so aggressive towards one another. You know, be kind, be, you know, practice empathy and, and listen. Listen to the songs. Listen to what people have to say because we're listening. We're listening to you. I think that's my, that's going to be my message to you. Let's all behave, spread the love because it's, there's enough of it. The Icelandic queen of Eurovision and queen of Christmas at the same time. <laughs> Kera Björk. Queen of effing everything, honey. <laughs> queen of effing everything. Exactly. Thank you so much, Kera, for taking your time to, you know, Thank to you. talk to us. We hope to see you in Malmö in any way or another because we know you love Eurovision. So you will, we hope. Up I will, you will power. see me. If not in Malmö, then in Copenhagen. I will be in Malmö anytime. You know, either as a participant or just as me. Oh, we are so, 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 so excited. Thank you so much once again. Best of Thank luck with you. your preparations uh, at the national final. We will root for you. And until then, um, good luck and thank you once again. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you so much, Hera. Um, well, guys, you did a really good job. And I hope I can get the chance to meet Hera as well, maybe in Malmö. But um, who knows? Maybe she will be in Malmö either way. You know, uh, you look at some older Icelandic entries, and Hera is always somewhere among the backing singers, and she always stands out. Just as she said, you know, she said, like, she's so excited about the Eurovision season kicking in in May because she will be there one way or another. So yeah. I'm also super excited to meet her again. It really was a pleasure having her. And that's pretty much it. We are getting closer and closer to the, um, let's say, more intense days and weeks ahead of us. So don't forget to follow us on social media. Don't forget to uh, check our website, buildingbridgespod.com. We will talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye-bye.